You're listening to Dead Air Podcast, part of SplatterPictures.net. What's up, everybody? Wes, Dead Air Knife here with always typical Lydia today's show we're going to be doing the 2007 found footage Spanish classic wreck and it truly is a classic a found footage classic Mm. this is probably when the genre well before people are getting sick of it when people were clamoring for more and also sort of that cusp of when foreign films were becoming a lot more accessible over Mm. here I completely agree. I think that in the early days of found footage, let's just not include, for example, films that found footage films that existed in the 80s and the 90s. Because generally speaking, when we're talking about this era of found footage films, we're referring to 1999 forward, i.e. Blair Witch Project makes a crap ton of money. And then all of a sudden people realize, oh, you mean I can just, for almost just the cost of film stock... I can make a movie and then you don't even need film stock anymore. You can just do shit digitally. Yeah. Which makes it easy for effects, I'm sure. Mm. But it also makes it easy for distribution. Mm-hmm. And then you have a lot of like spin-offs and you get that super saturation, which we've seen with zombies come and go. And with found footage, I remember people complaining that they do like found footage, but none of that shaky cam shit. Mm -hmm. Did you ever have a difficult time watching films where the camera moved around? I know when people saw Blair Witch uh, Project for the first time that there was a lot of reports about queasiness and and people becoming motion sickness and that type of shit. Did you ever? No, and I have a a huge vertigo. That's why I'm asking. Like diagnosed vertigo. So Yeah. yeah. Nope. In fact, me and my friend Terry, who was a huge horror fan, still is, we went to see 28 Days Later? No, 28 Weeks Later? The sequel, yeah. Yeah, where it was shakier. And it's not, I don't think it's all, like, it's found footage, but it's shaky as shit. Yeah, particularly when you are in that, the first mass infection sequence where everyone's sort of boxed in in that one area together. It's very shaky and chaotic. It's super chaotic, and it's a lot of darks and lights and a lot of darks, and it's hard to see for one thing, but then it is ultra shaky. We specifically went and sat in, like, the fifth row to see if it would make us sick. And no no dice. Yeah, me either. Cloverfield didn't make me sick. Cloverfield made a lot of people sick. Yeah. I think people are just fucking pussies. They are pussies or, like, I don't know. Maybe there's something else they're doing. They're not getting enough sleep. They're not eating enough food. A too high-carb diet. All that fucking popcorn. Maybe. Because I, I find myself never getting queasy. Although I do turn into a person who's leaning forward and my head is sort of following the action and I'm squinting because I'm trying to see because when things are extremely shaky, I'm just, my brain is trying to make sense of it and I start looking at it the way that I would actual footage of something where I'm, oh, what's that? What's going on here? Yeah, yeah. And you're concentrating and maybe Mm -hmm. that's part of what is going on that's wrong with this. But this, I I sat down to watch... um, 
Uh, the Vomit Gore trilogy with some fizzy water and some lemon on the side, just in case, and a mint, just in case I got sick to my stomach. Because mm-hmm. um, food stuff and the teeth brushing thing, like that can turn my stomach pretty quickly. Yeah. Um, so I, I didn't react to that, and I didn't rea- I don't react to this shaky cam thing that makes people queasy. That, or they're just being drama queens yeah. and kings. Yeah, I think that I am more inclined to believe that they're just being dramatic and being whiny babies because they don't like the format. Because I can almost laugh to myself just thinking about people exhausted and sick walking out of a movie theater like, ooh, my tum-tum hurt. The camera moved too much. Just exhausted. They've been sitting in a fucking chair for 85 minutes. And it's like, they, oh, I can't handle they it. They ought to try Irreversible, where not only is it shaky as shit, then all of a sudden the camera flips upside down along with your stomach. Yeah. Like, that's fun to me, though. That's yeah. fun what that does to you. And Vertigo. Mm. I watched Hitchcock's Vertigo to mm. see if it would trigger it, because apparently it can. Mm. But no, not even that. Yeah. A good story about Vertigo. Highly recommended. Oh. Yeah. yeah. So the the criticisms of found footage horror, I feel as though was coming from a place where I don't hear this type of every... Let me back up here. When people talk about gimmicks and horror, and that generally is the big complaint about found footage, gimmicks. I don't like the gimmick of found footage. What gimmicks tell me, or what gimmicks are, are things that people use in repetition that will elevate their work or get their work noticed because it is the flavor of the month. So, within that, you could call any genre of horror a gimmick. You could call a slasher film a gimmick because that is a type of horror movie that you know, from 1978 to 1984 made people a lot of money. So guess what? There's a lot of them. In the same sense that we are looking for low investment, high return. So found footage is gimmicks. But for some reason, and perhaps it was just because this was when I was alive and cognitive paying attention to this type of thing, I hadn't really heard a lot of people exhausted by other horror quote-unquote gimmicks found footage seems to be the one that people were the most venomous towards whereas now you could argue every horror movie is just a fucking drama with ghosts in it yeah where i was like i don't hear anybody fucking complaining about when bullshit like hereditary comes out and everyone's just circle jerking around the worst fucking movie of 2018 wow yeah that's right ow I mean, um, I, I wasn't circle jerking at all. I didn't even go and have a moment in the bathroom or even a cold shower after that. Sorry. But I the worst, the worst, you say. Unwatchable garbage. Whoa. But And I saw it opening weekend in the theater, so y'all can fuck yourselves. Ow. Um, Ow. Anyways, so... Anyways. Oh, you can address all hate mail to Wes. <laughs> Dead air night. <laughs> Sorry, I usually have a no bashing policy, but it just all came out like vomit gore. <laughs> Yum. So the point being is that I don't hear anybody railing against drama horror that seems to be has been what has been being made for the last decade. And the biggest horror films are all that now. But for some reason, 
everyone's just like, fucking found footage. Why do you think that is? I, I think part of it comes down to, like, you, you take something like Black Christmas and you watch it and you're not a fan, let's say. Okay. And you're like, I could do that. You know, you get a bunch of hot chicks in a house and follow them around with the camera crew. Basically, mm. that's what happens. I, I could fucking do that. And then you take something like, like any general don't fuck in the woods type film and you're like, I could, I could fucking definitely do that. Mm. Get some friends on a weekend at a campground. That's even easier than something like Black Christmas. Where you have to actually like write a script and have sets and block things and have lighting and mics. In the woods, it's so much easier. And then mm. you take something that like found footage and it's like, well, I could definitely fucking do that. Mm. So now there's sort of this chagrin where it's like, well, how come they can get a movie out and make money when I and my friends could make something better in my fucking grandma's attic? You're a fucking genius. Not really. No, no. That, you're, the, the, hang on a second here, gang. That is the most fucking concise. You're right. Well, that's why people, you know, let's take it to the art world where if you take something like, maybe not the Mona Lisa because people complain it's too small, but you take some, you know, wonderful landscapes, some old Caravaggio, oh, Caravaggio, Gross. something like that that is grand and meticulous and took years sometimes to produce and a century to dry <laughs> you know mm-hmm. it is a quote-unquote work of art mm. and it is stunning and it is beautiful and doesn't matter who you are you're going to look at this thing like the potato eaters and say what a masterful capturing of light and dark but then you take the voice of fire that sold for 1.8 million and you're like i could fucking do that with a blue paint red paint two rollers mm, yeah you're fucking onto some dadaism here man you're talking about how a, a horror film that looks like hereditary is is a portrait in a frame but when you break that when you break that frame people say it's not art anymore man you're so right man like I you're, try. I try. you're like that's I, what I'm, we do here on dead air I, i'm you're blowing my mind because i literally never have thought about it that way and you're fucking absolutely right it is that it is the fact that people are just thumbing their nose at found footage saying no i can do that and a lot why? of people can't articulate it they just can't they don't know why they feel so angry about these things all they can come up with is i fucking hate found footage fucking shaky cam yeah yeah, meanwhile, th- th- this film that has that looks like a drama and has lighting and, and uh, steady cams and all this type of shit that looks like it costs $20 million to make, $10 million to make. Okay, that's a movie because I recognize a skill set that I couldn't duplicate. Yeah, you're fucking. You're on to something. I, I hope, so, I hope some of the listeners feel a little called out right now because I fucking feel like we just cracked the world wide open. Well, if they don't like found footage, they're probably not listening to this episode. Oh, probably not. Or, or foreign films, because that's another thing this film has going against it. Oh, my God. I don't want to read fucking subtitles. I don't want to read the fucking movie. Yeah. Oh, my God. We're just going to drag every type of person that we don't like yeah. <laughs> right yeah, now. Pretty much. It's just like, I get queasy. I don't want to read things. A shaky can and having to read things my little Tommy yeah what, anyway. the, what they want is a nice scream movie oh oh but a lot of people ooh you know you know all my fucking <laughs> trigger words well I didn't realize how much you hated hereditary I, I knew that you had your problems with hereditary going in I, I knew that and I knew when you came out of the theater 
we had a conversation about it, but I didn't know that it had lasted and built and festered. It is infested yeah. like a like a fucking overcooked plot device with Paymon uh, in an undercooked fucking story. While a woman who people think deserves an Oscar screeches her fucking lines like a lunatic, and was like, "Look at this fantastic acting." Bullshit. And the more that I thought about Hereditary, the first I went out of that went out of the, that theater C minus D plus. It's fuck whatever. It's one of these movies. And then the more people praised it, the more angry I got at how everyone likes this movie. And I feel like I'm taking crazy pills. <laughs> like I, I feel like everyone else. I don't know. Whatever. That doesn't like. We're not here to talk about movies that I don't like. We're here to talk about movies that we love. Yes, really deeply love and really enjoy. You had just purchased the set of this. Chris has the set of it. We yeah. had watched all of them because I was not in love with part three. Mm-hmm. I didn't even finish watching it when it first came out mm-hmm. and didn't go on to shipwreck. Shipwreck four. <laughs> shipwreck four. Well, <laughs> that's so clever. I You're fucking to, on fire today, I had man. to make that joke while we were watching it. Like, so this is shipwreck. And I waited for the badum ching, but it doesn't happen in real life like that. Yeah. It's <laughs> so good. Mm-hmm. You're, you're on fire today, Liz. But I've uh, got a newfound appreciation for part three, and mm. I enjoyed part four very much. I enjoy part one and two, and this is all like Halloween one and two, where they just sort of go together mm. and wreck one and two do just fit together like one big long movie and i really like that especially because the runtime isn't super long either yeah. so it's not like watching some lord of the rings back to back yeah which is insanity but fun mm. <laughs> yeah this is a super fun film and i think that because we're people that enjoy found footage have no problem with reading our fucking movies because we don't speak spanish mm-hmm. um that this is uh, a made-for-us sort of film. Mm-hmm. I absolutely agree. And I and I would even argue that there are people out there who, generally speaking, don't like found footage films, as we've discussed. But I, I've never really heard anyone say too many negative things about at least the first two Rec films. Yeah. And I know that uh, when it comes to Rec 3, uh, Genesis... Um, uh, critically speaking, it was considered the least uh, liked in the franchise, and it did abandon uh, not only uh, characters that we've 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 come to uh, like, and Rec Two ends with another cliffhanger, so it kind of I can understand why people wouldn't really like Rec Three lo- losing the found footage format and then abandoning the characters that we know because it'll almost be as though. I'm telling you a story, and there's a cliffhanger, and then I stop and say, but before that, let me just make another movie over the course of a couple of years, and sit through that movie, and then wait another couple of years, and then you'll get to the conclusion. I can understand that being frustrating for people. Or even just the problem of Halloween 3. You know, it wasn't what people expected. They wanted Mm -hmm. more of the same whether it was like more of the same in that they want a rehash a redo of the the exact same night or if it's just the character we just wanted angela or did we want to pick up right back in the house um i it's hard to say when when i'm thinking about where how the the second film ends i would argue that people want to see the conclusion of that and if and and so if you are getting outside of the building is fine because that's where the story was going anyways mm-hmm. but losing the character of Angela making you sit through a movie and then 
in the fourth one bringing her back and concluding that story, whether people like the the conclusion of the story or not, um, that's a weird move. But I can kind of understand if you felt the need to make this a quadrilogy. Mm-hmm. Uh, which I could argue, I could make arguments as much as I love Rec 3, I could make arguments to, you could lose it. You don't really, to get the story, you don't need it uh, really at all. This is a story that I'd like to see even expanded upon and have a full Rec universe and have other spinoffs of what happens around the building mm-hmm. and other buildings that are nearby. The sort of the way that Rec 3 did, but as much I like found footage films so I, I wouldn't mind more of those that would be so cool if they'd have done that but mm-hmm. oh well that yeah. ship has sailed no rec for pun intended <laughs> before we get into the film just want to remind everybody that um, Teresa is still coming out we have by the time this episode airs there will be quite a dramatic thing that happens in the storyline mm. um, so I'm very nervous because I know that I've been following people's comments. I've been following some people's wants and desires for the characters and, and situations. And I have a feeling I know where it's going to go. And I, I know that it wasn't, it's not a flippant, easy decision. It's not a flippant, easy decision. But as I've told people before, everything contributes to the final effect. Trust me, please. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, wonderful. Yeah. Intriguing. Yes. Um, but uh, yeah, it's doing really well. So, you know, go to Webtoons, check out Teresa, and thanks for all your support. And Thank subscribe and follow subscribe. and tell your friends and share it. Yeah. You know, I, it's nice when people share the show and comment on the show, but yeah. Teresa's got so much more momentum. I think, which is is wonderful, and it has a life cycle. Unlike us at Dead Air, this is just going to go on forever and ever and ever. Amen. But Teresa has a life cycle. Teresa has a life uh, cycle. Um, We're still at the beginning, which is which is pretty crazy. But yeah, there is a there is a finality to the story, Um, and uh, one of the major pillars of that is going to be set up in the next little update, or if not the uh, next update, the update after that again. A little nervous. Uh, we'll see what happens. <laughs> That's, fine. That's fine. Yeah. I haven't got much to report. Public lending rights checks went out. So as an author, I get to be reminded that I'm an author and that it's worth it Ooh. from time to time. Um, so if you have books out there and you live in Canada, if you're a Canadian author, um, definitely take a look at the Public Lending Rights Commission and register your books figure it out for yourselves i'm not gonna hold your hands but canada the arts council does pay authors when their books are found in libraries if you've registered so the second part of that is if your books are in libraries so if you're just a reader if you enjoy canadian authors if you frequent the library or just want to lend a hand to any random author because you never know who has books in public lending rights i often muse about how much um, nancy Kilpatrick, how she is a very prolific author canadian author her books are in a lot of libraries and she has many books so i think that that is sort of the goal you want to have as many books as nancy Kilpatrick in the fucking public libraries but how that happens is not only the author's being like contacting all the libraries and suggesting their books for libraries but mostly from people going into libraries and requesting the books 
So it's one thing to go to a bookstore and order one book for yourself. Why not share the wealth and go to the library and request books, especially if it's a new author you don't know so much about or if it's a local author. Mm-hmm. So there's my big plug for that. But mm. other than that, not much has been going on because I've been writing a story that's coming up. Um, I can't talk much about it, but it's um, I've been getting excited because I have a lot more ideas than I have time. So I've been just barfing out ideas on paper until I get <laughs> one that really gels and I'm part of the way there. Um, but in between times, I was on a recent episode of Bind Torture Cast. Mm. My husband and his co-host, Luke, it was a wonderful show because we covered My Friend Dahmer, mm. which is a, a pet fascination of mine, serial mm. killers, and always has been. It mm. is the very first thing I ever researched on the internet when the internet was available in like 1993 oh. to me. So yeah, <laughs> I've, I've been a huge serial killer fan. Um a fan is always the wrong word. Everyone struggles with that and just fucking spills out sorry for anyone that, that bristles over that. But Yeah, I, I think that my take on that has always been we're fans of abnormal psychology. We're fans of the methodology of killers. It gives us a window into the darkest aspects of what we're capable of. And also just like the sick shit that happens in the world makes us appreciate life and and everything so to say that what like you know, i understand you know like the the ted bundy tapes and mm-hmm. and all that stuff that has been coming out and then of course in our the current like climate like everyone is just outraging and i think people are just getting upset because i and it's a combination of people wanting to be upset they need things to be upset about and so they just they just i'm mad at this because i want to be mad at this and then there's another part of it people yeah like they you say fan and then people are like you're glorifying you want to fuck Dahmer. i'm like no, no. it's a, like if you can be a horror fan you can be a true horror fan i'm yeah. a fan of journalism a huge fan of journalism yeah to the point that i teach it i did and it was like one of those dicey situations where it's like, how do I choose words? And I'm not going to just not say anything. But in my class, we we're talking about headline writing. And I was like, I'm not going to suggest that everyone watch the Ted Bundy tapes because this night might not be everyone's cup of tea. I fully appreciate that. Fully appreciate that. But if you want a masterclass in headline writing, watch Ted Bundy tapes because it's nothing but headline after headline after headline. They really dive into the journalism. You want to see what on the ground news coverage looked like in the era Mm -hmm. of slow news, Ted Bundy tapes. But then again, disclaiming all over again, I can Mm -hmm. fully appreciate if people are not into that. But if you can name me a, a documentary or a documentary style program that does what that documentary does Mm -hmm. as far as shows non-electronic news gathering please let me know i have a weird um obsession with knowing like like, almost like a nosiness like if something weird happened in a neighbor's house i'm like what happened what exactly happened spare no detail i want to (laughs) know fucking everything and so i think with serial killers since some so many of them are so prone to talking i just it's almost like a weird twisted history i want to hear what happened how did they choose their victims why did they choose their victims what was compelling them to do the things that they do the different ways that they describe it you know and and you have everything from like how Dahmer described it to ted bundy to otis tool there's different 
there's so many different psychologies involved in what was going on but then also like it's like um, if you're interested in psychology abnormal psychology particularly if you're interested in police procedure procedures how did they catch these people how did they get the clues together particularly when you're talking about people getting caught before DNA, people getting caught before there was like HD cameras everywhere, before social social media and the internet and 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 how they that's what I found the most interesting. And so it's it's weird, it's it's almost historical yeah, yeah. at the same time. So I and 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 for some reason it's just compelling. It is compelling in a way that I, d- I don't really feel the need to ever fucking apologize for it. Like, I'm sorry if people are offended, but I mean, you're also like mad at me for reading about someone who died fucking 20 years ago. Yeah, right. So I just don't know what you're talking. Like, I don't really know what to say other than get over it, I guess. Yeah. And this yeah. is my fucking hot take on that. No, I get that. And you can't police every single word and you can't spend the time constantly policing words that come out of your mouth or else you'd be like me and have huge long gaps of thinking in between words where people just fill in by talking over top of you and <laughs> i'd rather just say the words that are in my on my mind right mm-hmm. whether they be politically correct 100 of the time or not but um Hence, going on to Bind Torture Cast, where <laughs> it's no different than this show, where I feel I can say whatever I want to say, but they do cover a slightly different ilk of movie than we do, which they, is They get darker, refreshing. and they're more raw. Yeah. I'm usually the cute and cuddly one, but I'm fucking angry Oh, they today. go in raw, them too. Yeah. Uh, we just finished watching Lords of Chaos on an upcoming uh, Bind Torture Cast. You'll get to listen to that. And that was a that was a very fun movie. And as much as I'm a fan of journalism, I'm a fan of research. Um, I went on to Euronymous's Wikipedia page, and I'm a big fan of going through the talk section of Wikipedia pages to see the changes that have gone back and forth. And I thought, oh, this will be fun. Um, I'll take a look and see what people had written. But they someone had gone in, and it has been edited out. But I would have loved to catch this live when a Wikipedia page is defaced. Live is the funniest thing in the world to me. Um, apparently, all the church burnings were caused by electricians. It were electrical fires uh, started by angry electricians, and Euronymous was killed by electricity um, due to unpaid electrical bills. <laughs> and they just changed everything to electrical electricians, and it, oh, it was fucking hilarious. But anyway, <laughs> I digress. Check out the upcoming Bind Torture cast for that. Well, that's, yeah, I'll, I'll, I haven't been up to much except work, work, writing. But that's good because when you're writing, that means that there's going to be cool shit for us to read soon. And I have been teaching too. So that takes up time. That's my second work. Um, and that it brings me to like the journalism and being a fan of horror, fan of journalism. This is one of the things that I appreciate the most about Rec is Angela and her job and how it begins and the reason why they're taping. And maybe that's another dissonance that people have when watching found footage of like why why didn't they just drop the camera that was the cloverfield argument like who Mm -hmm. the fuck would be taping all of this while this is going on there's people with guns in the streets and you're running around the fucking camera going oh i gotta get this yeah what the fuck and sometimes it is hanging by a thread we'll say the logic to um why someone would keep keep recording the mcpherson tape is is like that you basically just have people at a thanksgiving dinner and one teenage boy won't stop recording literally fucking everything and then the one comment towards it is like oh there's mr mtv that's that is their logic of he just loves to record things i guess i guess 
But when you're into documentary film crews like the Blair Witch Project or you're into TV. Ghostwatch. Ghostwatch. Grave Encounters. Ooh, I loved Grave Encounters. Exactly. So you... This is a really good reason because it starts off as one thing, but then it becomes this woman wanting to, what she believes, documenting documenting a cover-up. Yeah. Because everyone has to know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I really do appreciate that. And I appreciate Angela. Me too. I think that's why I wanted to go partially the ritual descent and then into Angela. Going from like all these strong women into like one. We get all these girls distilled into one in mm-hmm. Angela. And I, I really like her as, you, you can't call her a final girl if you're just taking, if you're just talking about wreck. We're not talking about wreck two or three or four necessarily. Mm-hmm. Just talking about wreck. Is she a final girl? She, oh. Does a final girl need to... Let's say, for example, there was no other wreck movies. Does a final girl need to survive the film? Or does she just need to be the last character that we know of that's alive? Because that's the real trick, isn't it? Yeah. I'm going to say, get my horror gavel out. Yes, final girl, you don't need to survive past the credits. So long as you are a girl and everyone else is dead and you're the last one to die, you count as a final girl. Okay, that makes sense. So Angela's a final girl. Good. I like that. I like that. Because <laughs> I like Angela. I like Me her too. from the get-go. Me too. There's something very interesting. Uh, you and I both have our backgrounds in journalism. I mm-hmm. took broadcasting. You took print journalism. Mm-hmm. I was very uh, close with the TV people. We both went to the same You were college. downstairs. I was upstairs. That's yeah. basically yeah. <laughs> Exactly. Um, where they keep all the, the broadcasters in the dark. Mm-hmm. But um, w- So you and I both have an, uh, a very interesting insight into the process of making things. So her taking multiple takes, her how's this side, this side, her setting up interviews. Things are not really always as on the fly as they would appear, even in when a newscaster is calling out to a remote and you have a guy out there uh, reporting live on a scene. You'll notice that sometimes the anchor person is asking very specific questions, but those have already been fed to them. Generally speaking, the person who's doing the field reporting has sent that to the anchor person to ask them specific questions because they have the answers to those questions. Um, questions, that, and it's not like they're covering anything up. It's just information that they have available, information that they might have later, things that they think that their audience would be interested in knowing about getting all the facts out of a situation. So there's a lot of setup that happens that most casual viewers of the news of any kind of reporting aren't really aware of. But you and I are, because oh, we were there. Yeah, and it's not... Um, you know, it's trying to inject some some show don't tell because it could just be a talking head for the entirety of the news, and you need to trust that anchor to tell you everything as it's happening and going on and feeding you um, what's going on in the streets, or the person standing you know a mile away with a microphone to tell you what's going on, but to talk to witnesses, survivors, victims, whoever, people that are tertiary sources. Um, we like to have some variety and we don't get those emotional reactions because from an anchor, you don't get a lot of emotion at Mm -hmm. all. You're not supposed to get a lot of emotion from Mm -hmm. an anchor. Um, 
But when you're on the ground and finding other people, whether they're telling you things that the newscasters already know, they need to have fact-checked and verified. That's mm-hmm. the biggest illness of this 30-second news cycle, mm-hmm. is that you get a lot of unverified facts from mm-hmm. people uh, having a microphone in their face live without having that time for it to do the churn that it's supposed to, mm-hmm. right? And be verified and fact-checked. You're not going out there for color. When you're going out there and you're actually news gathering, it needs to be verified and pre-taped. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's something that a lot of people don't seem to know. Or just the whole of why are the journalists going in and disrupting this? And those are people's lives. Those are people's children. Those are people's this. This is the mom. Like, why are they going up to her door and sticking a microphone in her face? Because they can and they were allowed to and people allowed them to do that like you really don't see a lot of paparazzi on the nightly news chasing people down unwillingly mm-hmm. people have, everyone talks to the press willingly if they don't you get a closed door in your face and that's your news yeah right so i really did enjoy and and this could be something that people watching this that don't understand journalism wouldn't get is why the officers are somewhat accepting of the tv cameras being there because they are mm-hmm. um why do they keep rolling even though they're told not to? Mm-hmm. Because they can. Yeah. That's just true. Yeah. Yeah. They keep rolling. The The police officers and firefighters have jobs to do. The firefighters, they would have gone in and they, and uh, Angela will express this. They have permission. So we should back up a little bit. Angela is not just any old journalist. She has what probably is a segment within uh, a newscast which is while you were asleep yeah while you were asleep is a show not unlike cops i guess on a good night yeah and not unlike how how do they make things on mm-hmm. a bed night from pmk kids or something <laughs> you know um yeah. it could have been a very quiet show but she's introducing everyone to the firefighter so she's going to be hanging out with that night and saying sort of like tongue-in-cheek like we're like kind of hope something happens tonight nothing bad i hope no one gets hurt but i want the like alarm to go off yeah so she can get footage that she can use some people might look at this and think it's a little ghoulish but at the same time that would be ideal for her job i mean the, the news is such that people want certain things out of their newscasts because believe me if if news if uh, news corporations believed that people would tune in to hear news stories that it's big rock candy mountain every day and everyone's happy and here's happy go lucky firefighters eating and there was no call today they would they would shoot that they would report on that type of stuff but people want drama and tragedy in real life that's just a fucking fact and as as much as people don't like the machine of the 24-hour news cycle, y'all watch. Yeah. Would anyone have watched that show, Cops, if it was them sitting in their cruisers? No. Looking sideways at kids and eating donuts? No. No, they wanted to see people with their shirts off, drunk, screaming at each other, and selling drugs. That's what they wanted. Yeah. That's what they got. Yeah. Chasing people through grow-ups. Yeah. yeah. That's what they want, and that's what they got. Because uh, something usually always happens. And whether we would have been privy to... Uh, a cat being rescued or something she just wants something to happen Mm -hmm. nothing bad just something something for the viewers yeah 
yeah. some for the viewers. And when she arrives at this building, it's a it's a call, not a fire, but it is a call where there seems to be an injury with some elderly woman we don't quite know. Like a person in distress or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. One of the funny things going to the building that always sticks out for me is it's very much how I am. It's when she can't find the name. She can't think of the word for a siren. She says, you know, the alarm, the, the alarm thing. And then she kind of wants another take yeah. of her getting it right. I'm that person. Just full disclosure. I hate when, I, when I'm when i struggling for words and I can't think of a movie title or a year something comes out. Your boy will cut that out. So, yeah. so, <laughs> so you don't hear me looking things up. So I always sound smart. No, and I can see that Angela, because she's plunging herself into all kinds of stuff. Like, who knows if she's been in, like, following Garbage Men and ER, something, where there's going to be, like, some sort of excitement. But she has to sound like she at least knows what she's talking about, Mm -hmm. even though she hasn't done... It doesn't appear to me, anyway, that she's done, like, a ton of research or she hasn't gone on a recon Mm -hmm. the night before or anything like that. It is fairly raw, fairly fresh, so she needs to, like, know what she's talking about. Yeah. It's like that show Dirty Jobs. Yeah. Remember remember that? They contacted my sister at one point. Really? Yeah. I hope that they do again in the future because she was too busy at the time. And she was in between staff, so probably, like, she was thinking it might have not made a good show because it was, like, kind of a hustle at that point. But at this point, it would be neat to have some cameras following her around. Because I think about that all the time. I think about dirty jobs when I'm wrist deep in the grossest, moldiest crap at a grocery store. But then I start thinking, yeah, this is pretty dirty. But I've seen episodes of that show where their jobs are super gross. I'd like to see the dirty job where they found the body in the landfill last week. That would be a cool episode of Dirty Jobs. I'd watch that. Um, yeah, no, I was thinking about you with this show. Like, Angela could follow you around. That'd be, be awesome. I'd be very distracted by a very pretty reporter uh, trying to, I'd be trying to lift all the heaviest boxes there and show off my muscles. So you would think that the firefighters would shop at night, but you said the firefighters shop in the shop. daytime. Yeah. yeah. They shop during the day and they will load up their carts and you see them because they're very, the firefighters, we grow them big around here. They're huge. Uh, they're very stout people and they're always in uniform and they are ready to, to dip at a moment's notice because I've seen people walk around the grocery store with their mounted carts of just so much food, healthy stuff too. It's not like there's no potato chips in there. It's like celery and, and all that kind of stuff. They spend a lot of time in produce. Yeah, yeah. And then all of a sudden they get a call on the radio and they will leave like $1,500 worth of groceries (laughs) just in the cart and they just leave. Uh, I know, I think if memory serves me, we set the carts aside and then they come back later. I think that's what we do. Okay. That makes sense. That's helpful. That's helpful of you guys. Well, part of the community. Yeah, completely. And they need that food. (laughs) They need need that food to fuel their giant bodies and their crazy jobs, which are super hard. Well, apparently, in in Angela's, like, before the alarms go off, she's, like, showing where they sleep, showing the fireman pole, here's the outfit, here's this, this is where the trucks are, and and, this is where they eat. Yeah. And she alludes to the fantastic food that firemen cook, and I was like, what? So, thank you for filling us in on their shopping trips. Their shopping trips at all looks very healthy listen i think that they they really know what they're doing i think it's like a lot of bulk food so there's probably a lot of stews there's probably a lot of just like you know maybe Chili? chilies and yeah. stuff like that but it looks fucking delicious i'm getting kind of hungry thinking about those mounds of shopping carts and what it could mean for dinner time well 
with infectious diseases, we shall kill that hunger. (laughs) Because before long, they're in an apartment building. And I like that the movie clips along really quickly from here. Not that it was sleepy or slow, because I'm Mm -hmm. interested in firefighters, obviously, I guess. And what they eat, anyway. Um, But they get there. They don't get a siren ride. They figure it's not that big of an emergency. They don't need the siren, even though she tries. Mm -hmm. But they get in, and they're hustled in. The cops are already there. And... Right away, it's this cacophonous fucking foyer with all the tenants of the building saying, there was a lady screaming, blah, I don't know what's going on. We're not allowed to go to our apartments. We've been here an hour. And everyone's freaking out. Mm -hmm. And we get our firefighter friend, Manu, one of two firefighters that she's with, Manu and Alex. Manu, the... Uh, shaved head one yeah. starts yelling at everyone to calm the fuck down what the fuck is going yeah. on around this, here. This is a Spanish film and, uh, you know, hot-blooded uh, uh, people and man, there there is so much screaming over each other. I like the chaos of these scenes. Yeah. It doesn't, it never comes off as grating Everyone is trying to get a word in edgewise, and they will ha- they have no qualms with talking over this anybody. Is one of the points in this film, too, where it doesn't matter what language. This could be English. This could be Cantonese. It doesn't matter. We know what's going on. Everyone mm-hmm. is stressed out. <laughs> Everyone is stressed out. People have been woken up in the middle of the night. You have some very elderly people. You have children here. One of the children is very sick. Uh, you have... Uh, you know, opinionated mothers. So, and then you have uh, people who are doctors. So people are just confused. They just don't know what's going on. But they will shortly. Uh, and not only that, but you have a, a, a TV crew. <laughs> yeah, to add to this insanity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So a lot of people are just basically trying to get up to speed, trying to understand what the situation is. The police, as you say, are very permissive allow it because they've probably encountered this before what's this tv crew doing here oh okay it's a tv show got it yeah if i tell you to turn the cameras off you do if i tell you to get out of here you do yeah just that's, listen. that's basic and that's just the basic rule too and like i think that's one thing the general public doesn't get is that it's not that there's some random reporter elbowing their way through the fucking police line mm-hmm. they're walking up like they're supposed to to the cop yeah. that looks like they're in charge or has a moment to talk to them because you're not going to try and talk to a cop that doesn't yeah and say hey i'm from such and such agency uh, can I get some information or is there any way I can get a little closer? And mm-hmm. they make that judgment call and you listen to them. Yeah. Everyone thinks that Angela should show up in a trench coat and a Stetson with, with like press <laughs> <laughs> sticking out of her hat. Or that the police should be anti-press right away, which mm-hmm. some of them are, most of them aren't. Like but, there is a liaison. Mm-hmm. But it is considered almost symbosis is the wrong thing to do, but it's the wrong word for it. But it is kind of accepted. These people are going to be involved. If you are working with, uh, if a politician is doing anything, there are certain people that are always going to be around. So yes, this is the, this is the press. This is like the fucking nine news news uh, stations that are coming out of the city. There's their personal security. There's their assistants. There's you know people. Let's say doing audiovisual, like people like me back when I was doing tech. There'd be us there. You know what I mean? And so like it's kind of like oh, it's all kind of accepted. This is just yeah. the way it is. And when you're seeing crime scenes and when you're and all that type of shit it again it is the same thing like they expect press to show up because this is what the news reports on if there's a murder if there's an incident a fire or whatever they'll report on it now when we're here and we're in this 
uh, cacophonous situation. Great word choice. It, you you immediately we're watching a horror movie. We might know what kind of horror movie we're watching too. So when they're going into that old lady's house, oh, it's tense. Conchita. 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 She's the woman that was screaming, and she lives alone. Yep. Uh, a girl visits her that lives on the floor above, I think, um, mm. the, the Colombiana. They don't really say her name. She's yeah, a Colombian yeah. girl. Yeah. Um, so she's somewhere in the building. But anyway, this Conchita has been screaming. Mm-hmm. So they go in there, and it's dark, and it's got this long hallway, which is the sort of hallway that always scared me as a mm-hmm. kid. It's got, uh, like, pictures all along one side and some bookshelves just this long dark hallway and standing at the end of this is this elderly woman that does look to appear to be in distress and this is one of those moments where the people that don't understand or appreciate or even like the press being around in a time like this where you're like ooh, that's a dicey line to walk because this woman has not given consent to these cameras being in there Mm -hmm. but we can see her at the end of the hall and she doesn't look too good yeah and then she looks even better as she runs towards us she's got good cardio she has good cardio let me ask you this because we're gonna like spoiler territory if you guys have not seen this film did you know what type of quote-unquote infected we were dealing with before you saw this film no me no and um I can't remember quite back to whether I thought it was a zombie movie or not Mm. um but I knew it was uh, that they were under quarantine. Yes. Yeah. Not to allude to the remake quarantine, yes. but which yeah. I admit I saw first. Yeah. Okay. So when we learn what we learn about what happens in this franchise, I like this so much more. Oh my god! Yeah, big time. Oh yeah. Yeah. You had with with a, a brief mention of the the remake quarantine. A lot of people will be more familiar with it. I did see it first. Um, when you're dealing with quarantine, what I think is a shame about it is you took a very fascinating premise, but you boiled it down to its base components, zombies in a building. Zombies in a building and terrorism in a way and uh, activists and, and mm-hmm. Americanized big, bullcrap. Big, big brother type stuff. Yeah. Whereas... I feel like those elements are present in Wreck, but by Wreck 2, you're just, you're on another fucking echelon of cool, yeah. as far as I'm concerned. And we'll get into that, because they are not tradition, they're not zombies, and even to say infected is not entirely, they're infected, but... Oh yeah, because it's more like 28 Days Later meets The Exorcist, and how to blend those two movies? Wreck, that's how. That's how you do it. Yeah. That, yeah. And that really what it is, and, and, I, and I could, you could elevator pitch this movie mm-hmm. like that. It's The Exorcist and 28 Days Later yeah. mixed together. What if a demonic force was essentially like a queen ant or a termite. And maybe put a little bit of the raid in there because this building has that claustrophobic, kinetic the feeling. Stairwell particularly, yeah. right? Yeah. And the thing that I, I noticed about this building, and I'm wondering if it's just the super old apartment style buildings, because this is a very this building has a lot of character, we'll say. In this in the sense that there's like a textile factory there. There seems <laughs> there, there seems to be a business incorporated at the bottom of it. 
but there's also residents, but not that many, because each one of the apartments are fairly large, and every apartment has 800 doors in it. Yeah, it's kind of swank. They're full flats, and uh, so you go up the spiral staircase from the foyer, and if you continue through that hall at the in the foyer, you get to the textile factory that has a huge, like, rolling garage door mm-hmm. that separates the two. But you go upstairs, this nice spiral staircase, and everything seems to be like marble and old wood. It's an old building. It's a lovely building. And, like, Barcelona is probably just full of lovely buildings like this, mm-hmm. I'm just guessing, right? Yeah. So, you go up and there's one apartment on each side. So, two apartments per floor and that's mm-hmm. it. And I suppose it's four floors because mm-hmm. you've got um, two people on the bottom, like the landlord and someone else, I don't remember. And then the old people and the guy that lives alone. And then, mm-hmm. I don't know, the guy that lives alone and the Asian family. Yeah. And then the old couple and the Colombiana and then a, a penthouse at the very top, which is unoccupied. Yeah, there's a man that owns that, but he only comes by every so often. So it's closed and there's no one up there. So I don't have to worry about mm-hmm. that, which is good. Yeah. Uh, they slowly, bit by bit, figure out who lives where and where. Like there's um, the Chinese family. Their grandfather mm-hmm. is in his apartment. He's paralytic and he's sick. So he's there alone. But no one seems to mention that until like way past the halfway point mm-hmm. in the movie when we think we have everyone accounted for. But no. They, but Conchita, um, in her apartment, that's when we note that it's quite big. Like the rooms are really big. And like you said, there's like several doors leading off. So they're trying to figure out who's all in this building. They're trying to find this woman, basically, that's screaming. And they have this maze. Mm-hmm. A dark maze because none of the lights are on all the electricity's out there's no cell service no tv no nothing apparently mm-hmm. even though we see a tv on later and electricity does seem to work but mm-hmm. it seems it, it seems to be intermittent i'm not exactly sure because once they enter that building they are no longer permitted to leave that building there is uh numerous police special force uh swat teams outside there's a barricade uh, it is made un- in no uncertain terms that they are not to leave this building or drastic measures will be taken. They will get shot mm-hmm. if they try to go towards the windows, if they try to do anything. Meanwhile, Angela is, uh, there's still an air of order. There's still an air of people are still listening to their designated authority figures, even though one of the police officers has had his neck bit out. Um, another one of the firefighters got his face chomped and then dropped four stories down to the center. They have seen some... Uh, no one's dead yet, but everyone is severely injured. One person there is um, not a doctor, but um, a, a, a nurse, basically. Yeah, he's an intern. An intern, yeah. And so they're they're trying their best to to do things while no one is allowed to leave. Meanwhile, Manu is is trying to say that they need to get out of the building because this person is bleeding to death. This other person is severely injured, but the remaining cop is saying no, no, no. We're told not to leave the building and I'm in charge here and although people are angry they are still conforming to this idea that well this is our authority figure we just have to follow procedures and the procedure seems to be what they need uh, is that this building is infected it, it is sort of a broad term and 
No one can leave. Sorry for the inconvenience. Yeah, it's this omnipotent voice of God blaring in from megaphones from the outside that's mm-hmm. reinforcing what the young cop, the last, the remaining cop, has to say about, we were told to stay in the foyer, we're told to stay together, we can't leave the building, we need to just be calm. Listen mm-hmm. to me. Yeah. He's also the guy with the gun. <laughs> he is the guy with the gun, and he's not afraid to pull it out when mm-hmm. people are getting... I don't blame him. People are, especially the one mother, because she is um, gonna sue. She's definitely gonna sue. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Angela is 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 doing her due diligence as a reporter. She is saying, "Okay, well, this is happening, so I'm going to collect interviews because people have a right to know." And then she keeps repeating, "We haven't been told anything. We've been given no information. All of this." Uh, stuff and and so that that definitely seems to be what she's getting at is that certain people are sick, uh, like the, Jennifer, the little girl, has tonsillitis. Yeah, and the mother keeps reminding everyone that my husband is outside and not allowed in the building, and he has her medicine. Yeah, and so th- there's all these things that like wait till everyone hears about this hmm. sick little girl tonsillitis medicine. Police are, and firefighters injured. No information. Not being allowed to leave. Civil rights. All of this stuff that they just keep saying uh, over and over again. Just like just like and and so they have like this I this delusion we know, but they don't. This conviction that they're going to crack the world wide open with this one and just wait. And they're all probably going to get some money off of it. And like something. a logic puzzle, we're getting little bits of information that don't seem important, like Max. Jennifer, the little girl, her dog, Max, is in the hospital. He's yeah. in the, at the vets because he's sick, too. So if we have our horror brains turned on, we're like, ooh, oh, oh dog's sick, huh? Yeah, yeah, mm, yeah. Could it be? Would it be rabies? Perhaps some no. kind of rabies. Yeah, it's probably rabies in, in quarantine. But no, um, because we're firing on all our little horror cylinders, we notice this little bit of information. Mm-hmm. Um, eventually, they are going to send somebody in. Not a cop. Yeah. Not another firefighter. One of the guys from E.T. you were saying. Yeah, he does look just like one of the guys from E.T. going in to see Elliot. Uh, he's a health inspector. The The thing is, like, they want everyone to stay put, everyone to be accounted for. They're going to take the blood from uh, blood samples to make sure that everyone's okay. And they'll take blood samples from everyone in the building, not just residents, but everyone in the building. And if you're fine, you're fine. And they're going to let us all go. Good. Okay. Solved. Well, maybe not so much because there is a slight problem with that. Oh, what's that? Well, there's people that are already infected and they're going to bite. They bite. Yeah. They bite they're real biting. hard. They're biting. <laughs> they're biting. It's, and it's, it's fresh infectees at that. It's not even people that were already in the building that they were called there to about in the first place. They don't have those people wrangled up. No. They shot Conchita, but I mean, that didn't last. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's still up and at him. Yeah. Um, like Columbiana wasn't accounted for. She's up there. Who knows where the fucking grandfather is? Um, but yeah, they uh, have the, the firefighter and the older police have been infected and they're going to take their blood and they die and come to basically i'm not sure what they were injecting them with holy water maybe spoiler alert <laughs> uh, maybe they were trying to do something it seems to me that the the folly of this is that this while shall we say um voice on high this omnipotent conglomerate that we can't we don't really have all the information to 
seems to be trying to mitigate the situation by sending in people with the bare minimum information that they need in order to do their job. So this health inspector person doesn't really know more than he needs to. A lot of it being hogwash because we'll find out later what this thing really is. Um, in this film, it's ambiguous, but not by the sequel. No, by the sequel, we have it all spelled out for us. Yeah. And the, so they send somebody else in <laughs> who yeah. is, yeah. Who seems, but, who, yeah. But, but they the, send this guy in to take blood. Does he take blood? No, he doesn't take blood. He starts no. injecting them with something. Yeah. So we're, we're not even clear. It's completely mysterious what he was actually sent in there to do. It's not spelled out for us. All we know is that he's not taking blood from these people, but it doesn't matter what he does or doesn't do at this point because he gets bit. Yeah, they get bit. uh, A lot of people get bit. The the, the person who was an intern, so many people... The landlord is... Like, they're all locked in with these two reanimated... Like, I don't want to call them zombies because they're not, but they're like reanimated ragers to a certain extent they certainly are and they and they certainly are uh, fully capable of spreading infection and then in one fell swoop they lose their authority figures right because i mean they still have a firefighter but um and manu is so cool manu is very cool and and he is a man of action he really is but he's a man of sledgehammers yeah yeah (laughs) i'm a fan of sledgehammers um so as this is breaking down as we realize that we are losing, uh, we still have a police officer. That's okay. But but does Jennifer have tonsillitis, do you feel? Well, she's got a gravelly little voice and a sleepy little head. She needs some water. Yeah, she needs some water. She needs some water. Yeah. <laughs> she definitely, she definitely uh, does not have tonsillitis. Now, we get some information that we is actually kind of uh, pertinent to the whole situation. The infection spreads at different rates. Depends on the person's blood type, you see. See, I don't even know if that's just hogwash, like you said. Do you think so? I think so, because we also get that information that, like the real information, that the reason that they've sequestered this building is because there was a dog found in a vet that mm-hmm. was sick and slipped into a coma but then reanimated and was very aggressive and attacked other dogs mm-hmm. and the chip led them to that place so it does spread by saliva that much is very very true the infection rate i don't know man i don't know about that i think they're guessing if they think that's true mm-hmm. well i will say having recently watched the second film that the infection seems to spread Almost as quickly as the Ragers in 28 Days Later. Yeah. But not in this film. In the first film, the infection seems to go at different rates. Now, I don't know if you could argue it depends how bad the wound is. Because we've seen that logic before in infection-style zombie films. Yeah. Where, oh, it was a scratch, so that's going to take a little while. Oh, this person's neck got completely torn out so that's going to happen instantaneously Mm -hmm. so it it kind of depends i think but we do know one thing jennifer does not have tonsillitis in fact she will bite her mother right in the face yeah if anything's working on her it's her tonsils because she starts making some noises that you know people would say that uh the grudge that the noises the little boy makes are very creepy i think the noises that jennifer makes in this film are 10 times more creepy yeah and then they're going after her but she scampers up the stairs. She does. She's yeah. she's a wee wee thing. 
So we got some infected children in this fucking building. Mm -hmm. And the interesting thing about it is, and this is such a shitty criticism because, you know, we're watching a horror movie. You know, we're watching a horror movie. The characters in the movie don't know that they're in a horror movie. So, but there's so much where, where they need to get, they, they're still trying to get this little girl to calm down and they're going to sedate her and then they're going to do whatever. I don't know. They're not just like bash your fucking brains and it's over. Yeah, no, the health inspector, because he hasn't let us know yet that he's been bitten. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think he gets bitten in this, in this sequence, but he yeah. is like, go to her, uh, inject her with this when you find her. He mm-hmm. doesn't say what it is. He's still not taking blood from these people. Yeah, he's injecting them. I with think some it's holy water. It might be. Or, or it could be some of that... Um, no, it can't be any of the the blood of patient zero because yeah spoilers. No, but um, yeah. but he's he's acting like it's like an um some sort of antidote or it's some kind of something. solution, whether it be temporary or permanent. We don't know. Yeah, it didn't but work on the no. two downstairs at all. And, and by the way, walking towards this little girl who her eyes are basically fucking black. They're yeah. so red. And and she's just standing there motionless, and you're just like very slowly bringing your hand towards her, like oh, calm down, little girl. And then you're gonna turn away from her and talk to someone. Like, do you want to get bit? I guess he fucking does. Yeah, I think he does. <laughs> Holy he does. shit! But it, it, I don't know, man. You're just reacting in the moment too, and you're back in Conchita's apartment. Where's the dead lady's body? Gone. Yeah. Freaky. Very freaky. The whole thing is very unsettling to begin with. Mm-hmm. And you've got a creepy kid, you know, and then she goes full rager, and it's sort of like the scene of the cat on the face in Reanimator. Like, <laughs> it reminds me of that. She is, and she's making like howly little yeah. noises and stuff. Yeah, it's and then. True. Up pops Conchita and she's racing after you and covered in blood and screaming and making really crazy guttural noises. Yeah. It's a high it's a high octane situation. Thank God we have a high octane man in Manu who can just beat the fuck out of all these people and hit Conchita in the head several times with a shovel, which is one of my favorite strikes in this film. It's very good. It's uh, he th- this this is where I like that this is the complete and utter breakdown of society within this building yeah. and this is where it becomes survival the the firefighter is not a firefighter anymore he is not here to sedate people and help people he is here to get out of this building and survive so smashy smashy yeah smashy smashy i don't know what he's using like a shovel or something it's it's a it's a it, it looks to be that he has a like a a, a, tw- a full-on 20 pound sledge sometimes but then another tool in a different area which looks to be more like a not like a, a ball peen hammer but like a, a like a flat like a it's some kind of mallet or yeah. some kind like that that seems to be smaller than the one that he initially had i think maybe i'm wrong or maybe he just like held on to that for dear life and it just there's so much motion it's kind of hard to really say mm-hmm. it's a big heavy implement though that a big strong dude like him will wield um and 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 so and meanwhile this whole time you have uh angela filming well pablo more accurately filming everything which is her cameraman and this is where they're getting pulled this is where the the you don't even know where in the building you are it's so disorienting and then in a way we feel like angela because she is one of the few characters around here that doesn't know 
where every where what this building even is like the the maps or anything like that one of the gentlemen who works uh, who lives there is going to tell them that they can wait here but they think she very loudly proclaims they're they're not going to let us out like this is yeah no one's coming to no get one's us. coming to rescue it and and they say well the 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 doctor's here. They'll come for the doctor. Meanwhile, the doctor will tell us that he's been bit and basically to lock the door and to fucking leave it. They give them this idea that they have a ring of keys that the landlord has and probably has it in their apartment. But then, well, that dude with his plan is going to get fucking got. Yeah. Um, as the doctor basically turns. I mean, it's a great scene, too, where everyone starts kind of yelling at one another, the volume's getting high again, and then you get this uh, tremendous kill, actually, which um, I think that this is the first one, and there's another one where they're screaming when the lights are going out, and they're yelling mm-hmm. for the lights. Um, I think that this is the only downfall of this being a foreign film for us as English speakers, is that I think that the tension would be ratcheted up another 12 points if they were screaming in a language that we could immediately comprehend. Comprehend, maybe. It's possible. I like this kill a lot because this is also where they're not really trying to fucking help anybody. Like, they they give up helping pretty fucking fast. And by the way, when all this chaos happened, when Jennifer's mother got fucking bit in the face and uh, the cop got fucking bit, the only man who is the only person of authority that's even around anymore, and he's full-on beast mode. He's just fucking... Don't move around that guy. He will punch you in the face. Um, the, the Asian family gets separated. The elderly couple, who the fuck knows yeah, what yeah. happened to them? Like, everyone fucking scatters. And that's where you start encountering people, and everyone's just infected now. Yeah, like Angela being, like you said, the person like us who does not know their way around here. This is all like a new territory for her entirely. And she's not trained to be in situations like this with like the emergency responders. Mm-hmm. She's tasked with finding the keys in the apartment. Mm-hmm. And she is racing through this house, dumping everything out, trying to dig up yeah. these keys while Manu holds the door for her, which doesn't last long. Because then we get that wonderful shot of her busting out of the apartment, yelling for Manu, who she thinks is still okay, and looking down the stairwell mm-hmm. to faces of infected just popping out of each each oh level. God. Is the, She's fucked. There's, there's so many moments in this film... Uh, and this is not the I'm not saying that the filmmakers were doing this on purpose, but there are so many moments in this film that remind me of a like Silent Hill or like a Resident Evil game. Like if you were to make a Resident Evil game and it's all taking place in a building, there's so many shots. Like there's so many moments where get past this woman, yeah. you don't have any guns. And she's chained to a stairwell, but you have to get up that stairwell. So how do you get past her? You know, there's all these weird sort of video game-ish moments that seem very survival horror to me. And when we get towards the climax of the film, there's something that's like totally like fucking Resident Evil to me in in the in the 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 upper echelons of this building. But but that moment in particular, when you're looking at this infected just spiraling up the staircase, and it's such a beautiful. It's such a, a beautiful place to film. Like, the, like the, the building itself is such a character in this film. And it really, really elevates everything. And, I, like, that staircase, to shoot in a building that has a staircase like that, which operates as the core of this building, yeah, is so brilliant to me. It really, really is. And whether it was by accident or design, they lucked out with this because it is... 
just um you know it's it's evocative of heaven and hell it's evocative Mm-hmm. of their struggle to escape the building and unfortunately mm-hmm. they have to move up the building to That's... attempt to escape and it seems backwards and wrong because mm-hmm. you know that the the exit is downstairs there's two exits in fact downstairs mm-hmm. yeah. they they think that they can but you're so right about that this so uh, you know when you're dealing with 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 horror and you're dealing with the the nocturnal and diurnal uh of metaphors and and how many times have we seen horror how many times we've we seen horror where it's a dissension where you're getting to the the evil heart of something fucking silent hill like that's a like that movie yeah and 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 then lots of video games too with that in mind it's always go down go down you're you're descending into hell this film is forcing people upwards and the 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 promise of escape is actually down because these keys open up a back room which has access to a sewer. The and sewer. The sewer is how they can get out of the building. Likely the only place not sealed off. Uh, very, very interesting. Instead, they have the uncertainty of rising up. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But all the infected are marching them towards that direction. And it's a really, really classic horror scene like baddies behind you you and your pal you got the keys and you're trying to figure out you don't know what keys what and you're trying keys and i love trying keys scenes, yeah. as long as they don't drop them yeah. but <laughs> oh that's the worst when they're just like fiddling and then they just drop this whole thing of keys like oh god yeah, yeah. uh they do eventually get in and they manage to get into the fabled penthouse the fabled penthouse and Everything's okay. They just walk out onto the roof, and there's a helicopter, and bye, infected. Yeah, credits. Yeah, it's safe. It's perfect. Because it's like the rising to heaven, where everything's safe and fine and bright lit and comfortable. Well, you ain't wrong about rising to heaven, though. There's a lot of uh, Catholic imagery within this penthouse. This apparently vacant place that no one has lived in in years. And by vacant, we mean chock full of shit like chock full of shit it is worse than any like i used to want to decorate a wall as like a serial killer hunter's office Mm. and just have like all this fucking shit this like Mm -hmm. big mess this maelstrom of news clippings Mm. and information or something yeah yeah like a mulder (laughs) i I thought it would be hilarious um but that's basically what we encounter with like a lot of stuff about this Madeiras girl who was a botched exorcism, it seems, and who has been taken from hospital to state to out of the Vatican. And the case is closed now, but there's a lot of information about her travels, I guess, through the system and a lot of God stuff and a lot of charms and a lot of medical things and yeah, records. And yeah. No, it's, it's insane. And it all looks filthy. It looks as though it, I mean, it accurately looks like it hasn't been touched in years, but it has a level of soot and grime on it that would almost make you think that heavy machinery was running near it. Like it almost looks like the office of a a neglected office that would be in some kind of industrial factory. Or an alchemy studio. Mm, And that's true because there is... There's some, there's like beacons and Bunsen burners, but there's also medical beds. There's, uh, you're seeing a lot of tools that, you know, doctors would have, but some of this material looks decades 
out of date. Yeah. It looks like it's been sitting there for a long, long, long time. And there's the best thing ever, a fucking reel-to-reel player. Yes! This is horror gold, Wes. <laughs> this is the most horror hovel I've like in in uh, any movie to date that I can remember. Um, just because if if like the weird uh, exorcism shit on the walls isn't gonna freak you out, if the weird filthy like grime covered medical and science equipment isn't gonna do it, if the fucking religious iconography there's like four crosses on every wall there's a giant picture of the virgin mary um if all that's not going to do it you have a fucking reel-to-reel tape recorder that is gonna tell you about the dark machinations of some kind of mysterious priest it's like a, a priest that regales something about the girl and how they need to basically put her out of her misery because nothing's going to work and the virus is unfortunately contagious. Yes. That's about all that we really get from Mm -hmm. this. In this film, you could argue that at some point this young girl came into contact with some kind of viral infection. They talk about isolating enzymes. It's all very... You know, sciency or whatever. Yeah, vaguely sciency. So you could say that the Vatican encountered a rager zombie and believed that this was demonic possession. Mm-hmm. And, but it's not a demonic infection. Don't worry about it. We ain't getting all religious on you. It's not demonic, guys. It's not demonic. Or it's a demonic possession. Yeah, yeah and is. they're just using terminology to cover that up. So it's a cover up within the cover up. It is, and and by the way, gang is one hundred and fifty fucking percent demonic possession yeah. because the but the sequel will will make that abundantly clear because you are going to see ragers uh, respond to religious artifacts. You are going to see powers and abilities beyond mortal men that uh, that a simple zombie wouldn't be and by the way you're going to see something that is a fucking fascinating fascinating aspect of the wreck series that is demonstrated the best in the sequel but is set up beautifully here that i love is that you cannot see this thing patient zero in the light which is fantastic. And I like that it's driven home because we don't really know that, know that here. Because the light, the light, the light, the light's being destroyed. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, because yeah. Pablo is going to, there's going to be a trap door in the ceiling. Again, ascending even higher. Yeah. And then when you go there, oh shit, there's like a weird infected boy. I don't know if it was the Asian family's I'm son. guessing it was because we only see him. He doesn't even speak you yeah, know, he, through the whole thing, but I'm guessing. Yeah, and they're going through the whole vent system and shit. But uh, no, there, there's no reality in which a trap door would spring up. Even in your house right now, if all of a sudden like a trap door. That one right there? Yeah, that one behind us right there. There's a trap door literally above it. There is no fucking reality where I would say, oh, I'll go check that out and climb a ladder head fucking first with a camera and just be like, I mean, no, 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 no. That's a cursed door. Everybody knows it. I'm yeah. not flicking my whatever ghoulies are in your house. I don't want to see them. I don't want to get, no, we'll just leave. I would seriously, I would just be like, eh, close that right up. Call the real life version of Manu and send him up there. Really, yeah. truly. Um, No, but he, the camera person does do that and uh, Pablo will find out that the light on his uh, thing doesn't operate anymore, but don't worry. 
night vision. Yeah, we have night vision, which adds yet another creepy factor to the ending of this film where it's getting even darker, if you can believe that. Yeah. And meanwhile, Angela has been freaking out nonstop. She has been at the peak of panic for, I'm going to say, like the whole last 30 minutes of this movie. There's points in this movie in which she is spinning around just frustrated because, fuck, every floor looks the same. Every door looks the same. We don't know where the fuck we are right now. And you don't have time to think. You don't have time to get your bearings. And now you're in this room that's full of creepy shit. The lights are off. You're in pitch fucking black. And the only person who's your eyes is somebody else mm-hmm. who's looking through a night vision camera. But don't worry, there doesn't seem to be anything in that room, right? No, except that this is also one other thing that this this series has to it. And this film in particular is basically the debut of actor Javier Bote. Uh, interesting frame, mm-hmm. shall we say? Mm-hmm. It's fucking creepy. You think so? Yeah. Yeah. When you first watched Wreck, did you know anything about the way that the Madeiros girl would look? No. No. Yeah, neither did I. No. We see images of her, a young, pretty, blonde. Not unlike Jennifer that we met that had tonsillitis. Yeah. Just a little girl. Just just, in her catechism dress as well. Like we see a lot of Catholic imagery of her. So Mm -hmm. she was obviously um, baptized. Yeah, at least baptized and gone through catechism. So she was probably like 11 or 12. Yeah, she looks about that age. And we're not entirely sure how long that this girl has been possessed by the Vatican. Although we can guess now that it's probably been at least 10 years, I would say. Um, because that seems to be an adult frame, kind of. Yeah. Um, 10 or 20 or 30, maybe. I don't know. It's, it's, We'd have to go and look at all those articles and try and glean a date from them. But the, it's being filmed in the dark in a handheld format. so We get a better look at her in the sequel, though. Yes, we do. We definitely Jesus do. Jesus Christ. So this, everything about this is meant to disturb the first time you see that in the background it's it's so far out of focus and you're looking at such a bizarre silhouette of a person that you know is a person but they're not standing in a way that a human stands they're not and and how should it say it almost as if they were relaxing on a chair but standing up drunk a passed out drunk there is um, a frailty yet hidden power to it because it is lazily holding. I keep saying it. I mean, it's a woman, I guess, mm-hmm. lazily holding a, a hammer, just yeah. a plain old fucking hammer. Which is is so very video gameish. Yes. This is a, an outlast. This is a sort of yes. moment where you just want to turn and run, but you're like, but I got to get to the light switch. Yeah, and 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 you know, you you be playing this, you be playing the wreck video game and you would look in this room and just see it sort of wandering around aimlessly in this room and you're just like Maybe I don't have to go in this room. Maybe, and then you're just like, this is probably a boss fight. But what if it's one of those fucky boss fights where you're like, 
like you're it's pyramid head or it's fucking mr x or something like that you're not actually meant to you can't kill this thing yeah so i feel you like walk you, around it i feel like around. you can't kill this thing I yeah. I feel as though it is unkillable. What what this is really truly this is a human being that has been so twisted and warped and by it's a combination of possession no person would be alive in this condition except for I suppose the actor playing it. Yeah. And then and and also a life of neglect this this person has just been and relentless testing border yeah. on torture yeah monstrous but frail at the same time yeah. yet so dangerous looking yeah. more dangerous th- and inhuman than anything else that's been in this building so far mm-hmm. and completely unlike the only other um actress i can think of or like woman in film i can think of that could kick so much ass in panties in the alien franchise um the madeiras girl is fully topless which adds another level of uh discomfort to all of this but is wearing these like soiled baggy panties yeah. that are almost like like tidy whities that are not tight at all yeah and it's just an, another level of like you're confirming this neglect you're confirming that this person has been not cared for or it is completely inhuman at this point. Yeah, and those those panties just drive it home for me. Oh yeah, they're so soiled. Like they're so gross. Yeah, yeah. Everything about this is gross. I mean, the the neglect of the room is nothing compared to the neglect of this person. And you wonder where is the person that was supposed to be taking care of this thing? What happened? Are they just like? away at this point are they about Mm -hmm. to come back any moment Mm -hmm. did they get killed like what is it Mm -hmm. that has happened to this person because we did hear on the tape like what i'm gonna do is i'm gonna seal her in her room the seals should hold her and if it goes wrong god help us all Mm -hmm. so i guess all that went wrong yeah we but by the sequel we realize we even even the sequel we don't have a clear cut so like answers to what happened but what we can probably guess is that somehow this dog, Max, Max, like wandered in? Well, blame the children. Blame the children. Either through the vent system or whatever the fuck, it got into the room. It got bit. It left. It bit Jennifer. So on and so forth. Yeah. Um, and 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 so being in cat, and and then this inspe- this infection just spread throughout the building. And we know that this by the fourth one anyway uh we know that this demon that has embodied the madeira scroll to begin with just goes until it finds a better host so yeah yeah the the madeira's body was dying probably yeah yeah or at the very least not able to masquerade like there's no way first of all i'm not even entirely sure that this thing can be seen in daylight whatsoever. No, because this one has been manifested so entirely that it is of the other side now. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You definitely... And, and, and again, like the fascinating thing is like this opens up the door, no pun intended, to so many different ideas because by the time you get to the sequel, it's not just the fact that you can't see this creature in the daylight. You can't see rooms yeah. You can't see doors. There's there's architecture in this building that is shrouded. 
Which is fucking fascinating to me. Oh, yeah. I love that. I, yeah. I love that. There is an aspect of that um, in the upcoming Night Face sequel. So I, I mm. hope you I hope you enjoy that. Mm. Um, when it becomes fully fleshed. Mm-hmm. Speaking of fully fleshed, this is uh, one of those things where you could um, really appreciate the effects that we've seen in this film uh, right up until the end. And mm. some of the gore effects are like really... Like, there's not a hell of a lot of them, but what there is is very realistic. And there's something about this Medeiros girl being that is just so human, right? Mm-hmm. And it's just such good effects, you could think. Um, but it is the actor in not a heck of a lot, not, well, not a heck of a lot of clothes, but not a heck of a lot of makeup really mm-hmm. i think it's pretty light makeup and i think that's what adds to it feeling so like the motion feeling so fluid and that frailty and the mm-hmm. strength all being born in one and when it swings a hammer the two things come to mind like that uh have you ever see that rubber johnny video that made the rounds on youtube ages and ages ago i don't think so Ooh, no it's got um uh, it's a very interesting cg fully cg um, interpretation of a very frail body and what insanity and strength can can be hosted in there, but um, that and Grandpa from the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, yeah, you know when he's got the mallet, yeah, yeah, because she will um, uh, she will kill old Pablo pretty. It won't take. It'll take a bit. Because she'll bash him a bunch with the hammer, and then she'll. I can't imagine this freaky ass fucking thing attacking you and killing you with just like these hammer strikes and then biting your goddamn throat out. Yeah. Pretty fucking heinous. And then this film closes on one of the most famous scenes in horror that has become part of the horror uh, lexicon, the horror iconography, the shot of whether, I mean, they ripped it off beat for beat in quarantine. But yeah. And they use it in trailers, too. Yeah. They Whether use, it happens in mm-hmm. the end of a movie or right at the beginning. Yeah. Uh, we see uh, Angela in black light, black light, in night vision. In Paris Hilton lighting? In Paris Hilton, <laughs> Paris Hilton lighting. Uh, there's two things that night vision is used for. Uh, celebrity porn tapes and horror. <laughs> I like the horror use. Yeah, me And then too. you just see her get dragged away screaming then we're at the the credits very very cool very very nice and and again with this with this possessed patient zero i think the lack of what what really shines is you know we watch like grave encounters or you watch uh paranormal activity or they always try to enhance the final shocks with some cgi so you get some twisty ghost face stretchy ghost face however you want to do it and in paranormal activity you get angry demon face this is all just fucking makeup and and finding a unique looking actor yeah and and then you just see angela get pulled away to her doom question mark because it is completely ambiguous and that's another thing i love about the end of this if there was no other rec films i would just love this one just as much Mm -hmm. without any of those answers and they're not Mm -hmm. even really good answers (laughs) yeah it just makes it full of even more questions which is even better right Mm -hmm. that's what i like Mm -hmm. about part two so much but yeah she's just dragged to darkness 
Yeah, Drive to Darkness. Fucking terrifying. Mm-hmm. Great ending, great film. Really great film. Yeah. I I was really excited to do this one. I was really excited to to dive back into the Wreck franchise. Um, and, and and yeah, you know, they once they abandon found footage and once they go into the, doing their own thing and the expansion of the lore can be a little shaky in some places. But, I mean, Wreck 1 and 2, I maintain a, a perfect... As good as Halloween one and two, you know, as good as Alien and Aliens. Yeah, li- yeah. There, it is. It is a wonderful uh, story, and I think that the the conclusion on Shipwrecked, uh, <laughs> it's Wreck uh, Apocalypse. Yeah, is, is what the Shipwrecked. Shipwrecked is the one that I like better now. Yeah. Um, I, the conclusion of that is um, interesting, but also kind of a letdown. But also, I guess you got to end it somehow. But uh, man, Wreck One and Two, man, really fucking cool. And and, uh, and I, I love Wreck Three as well for it, it being its own thing. But no, I think tonally, you really can't do much better. If you were gonna watch any one, I'd say watch Wreck One. But if you gonna watch any two, you should probably stick with Wreck One and Two. And if you've only seen Quarantine, you know, and I'm not gonna bash it too, too bad because I do have, like, I do, I kind of want to re- rewatch it. But I had seen it. My mom was watching it, but all mm-hmm. through my watching it with her, I kept thinking, God damn, the Wreck was so much better, so much better. It, it, and and Quarantine is just a lot more straightforward. And maybe you want that. Maybe you don't like this being religious zombies. Uh, maybe you want this to be. Eh, rabies, super rabies. That's good enough for me. Yeah, big brothers outside the door. We don't trust the government. Uh, <laughs> and that's it, the only reason you need. Yeah. And and that's fine. That's cool. I mean, I, I I suppose you know. But I mean, when you're dealing with like Barcelona and you're dealing with Spain, there's so many Roman Catholics there. So this idea of of the evil Vatican overlord trying to cover up. Uh, oh, it fits so much it, better. It, yeah, and and so many people are, are are Roman Catholic. You can tell that. They're really speaking from the same. It's the same idea, but just again, it's just so much more unique. Yes, you could say you could argue the Vatican is basically no different than the government, the Big Brother government. But I've seen Big Brother more than I've seen the Vatican. Yeah, and we know that they're fallible, and we know that there are multi levels with the Vatican. Unfortunately, it yeah. seems like that's where the the dollar stops and ends there, right? Mm-hmm. And there is no. <laughs> overlord to them yeah, like yeah. there's no there's no next step above yeah. the vatican but the vatican the does have sea. a final boss that's the crazy thing about it well supposed to yeah 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 that's crazy yeah i love this movie very very much very very much um next we're gonna head into more found footage we're gonna head into the woods what's I don't like the woods. Yeah, you do. Yeah, you do. Well, okay. Well, we're going to the woods, but you've already seen it, and you know what to expect. And it's shaky cam bullshit. And someone throws the map away. Da 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 da. It's all you know. It's it's probably a lot easier to take now that you you've seen it several times. Man, I'll tell you. The last time I saw this flick, (laughs) I was I had that thought. I know exactly where this movie's going. It won't freak me out, And? and it fucking freaked me out. Yes. We're going to have so much fun because we're heading close to our 150th episode, eh? We are. And gearing up for our 150th episode, we are going to go back into found footage. We're going to go back to my past. When we hit 50, do you remember what our 50th episode was? No. Candyman. Oh, yeah. 
fun. So for some reason, every time we hit a, a, a 50 or a near 50 milestone, we do a films that genuinely scared me as a kid. Oh, I like this trend. Apparently, yeah. right? So we'll be doing the Blair Witch Project. Yeah, that's going to be fun. Following, followed up by 150 with the Blair Witch. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Both movies where people throw the map away. But yeah. apparently, um, and I don't know if this is ever being cracked yet, but when Blair Witch was in theater, mm-hmm. it was popularized on Twitter that the map from the Blair Witch Project is in Blair Witch. I heard it's in the tunnel sequence. Yes, that's but, what I've heard too. But I was so busy having a fucking panic attack in that sequence. Newsflash, the, the, that one scares me too. Um, I was so busy having a panic attack while she was in that fucking... Oh, I hate it. I love it, but I hate it. I, I never would have noticed that there was a map in there. So maybe we can like... Mo- two sets of eyes looking, yeah. maybe we'll... I'll be looking through my... <laughs> Yeah, maybe I'll see it. Maybe you'll see it. Yeah, I don't know. I'm going to do some research and see if anyone else has indeed found it by this point. So maybe we'll crack that nut. Maybe we'll just pick out the juicy meats after someone's cracked it wide for us. (laughs) I'm Wes Knight. And I'm Typical Lydia. And you've been listening to Dead Air on a boat. Oh, (laughs) on a boat. We're shipwrecked. It's a good pun. (laughs) (laughs) No.